0: the difficult the moment, however frustrating the hour, it will not be long because truth crushed earth will rise again. I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. This is why right temporarily defeated is stronger than evil triumphant. Also decided to stick with love, but I know that love is ultimately the only answer to mankind's problems. And I'm gonna talk about it everywhere I go, I'm talking about a strong, demanding love. But I have seen too much hate, and I say to myself that hate is too great a burden to bear. I have decided to love.
1: Today we remember uh, the words as obviously tomorrow we celebrate Martin Luther King Day uh, and just the tremendous magnitude of those words as a church. I want everyone to know that we believe that heaven is going to be the most diverse place on earth. And therefore, we believe God's church should be the most diverse place on earth, everybody. And we'll continue to fight that. And uh, for every person in this room of a different nation or a different nationality, we stand with you and we love you uh, as Christ has loved you. Amen, everybody? Amen. Amen. All right. I want to say a couple of quick things, if I can, about 21 days of prayer. Again, we are in day eight right now of our 21 days of prayer and fasting And uh, we have a brand new week's worth of prayer guides for you. And uh, you can pick those up in the lobby or you can check them out on our app or theheartlandchurch.com forward slash 21 days. You'll see it there. And uh, we are in this kind of season right now where the very first message of the year, I preached this message called Open My Eyes. And I'll talk more about that in a second of all the different areas that we're praying for God to open our eyes in. And I want to thank everybody who came to our prayer service yesterday during the 21 days. We had a great, I mean, the presence of God came in uh, and moved in our midst. Jack, you were there. It was an amazing time, Jack and Martha, wasn't it? I mean, we just sensed God's presence so strong. I'd love for you to come pray with us for an hour on Saturday morning during this, and uh, we'll do that the next two Sundays, or Saturdays, and it'll be great. And then I want to tell you that to complete um, 21 days of prayer, uh, we will do what we're calling our anointing Sunday on January 30th. Some of you are like, what in the world is anointing Sunday? What does that even mean? Sounds really churchy. All right, well, all we're going to do is we're going to pray for every family in our church. We do it very organized, very orderly. It's not weird at all. But we've been praying these four things as a church, and I'll show them to you in just a second. We're just going to pray them over your family. Uh, We believe that whenever we anoint you with oil, the oil is representative of the Holy Spirit. And so we just lay hands on every family and just pray. What are we praying? We're just praying these four things right here. Lord, we pray for provision for their children. We pray direction for their future. Pray protection over their family and over their life. And a divine visitation in their spirit. That's just what we're praying over year 2022. And we're believing it'll be the best year of your life. If, if it's the best year of your life spiritually. And so it's a very popular Sunday. I want everybody who wants prayer that day to come. Uh, because I think it'll be really, really... We're not going to make you do it if you don't want to do it. If you're not interested. But I'm going to tell you, so many people love this. They want the blessing uh, and the prayer of their church. And so we stand with you and we're so excited about that. Alright, so we said in the first week of the series... I showed you four different places in scripture where God opened people's eyes... And I just taught this. If you missed this message, it's really the basis for the foundation of this series, these four different areas. And now I'm going through the four different areas each week and just talking through them. So last week I talked about provision for my children and for my family. How many of you enjoyed that message? I hope it ministered to you. Today we're going to talk about direction for my future, all right? And this is a very popular topic that people love to hear messages about. I'll talk about that. And then next week, protection over my life, and then divine visitation. This one, I really think a series might spark out of it. I might do that. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of feeling my way through this right now. Uh, But this has really been speaking to me, uh, this last one. Today, uh, I want to talk about this second area. Lord, open my eyes to direction for my future. Here's a poll that I'm going to take. I'm just curious, uh, we're going to just raise our hands and just kind of participate in it. Uh, but I love doing this since we're talking about divine direction. Right off the cuff, how many of you, uh, if you, you got a job offer to do what you're doing right now uh, in a city that maybe you liked that was different than this one and they were going to pay you $12,000 more a year you would be like, you know, I'd probably move, and I'd probably take it. How many of you, just show of hands, anybody, a couple of you? Okay, listen, I was going to offer you a lot more, but you just took my lowest offer, so uh, thank you for that, uh, 12000 How many of you would do it if, if I offered you $50,000 uh, $50, more? You'd probably consider that. How many of you, if I offered you $100,000, thousand? you would be like, okay, what? <laughs> Some of you are like, move me to Fiji, I don't care, you know what I mean? Well, that leads me right into an announcement that Kendra and I uh, need to make to you today. We have accepted an offer that we cannot refuse in Orlando. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't boo me. Why well, is it okay for you to do it, but it's not okay for me to do it? Huh? Today, I'm talking about divine direction. One of the most common questions uh, I get as a pastor is, "Pastor, I say I don't know God's will." You know, uh, I'm, I'm facing a decision here. And how do I know God's will about this decision that I'm facing? How do I know his direction? What does he want me to do? Uh, I, because isn't this next statement uh, really true for us? That the decisions that we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. E- each one of us will make decisions uh, in our lives. And then those decisions will make us. Amen, everybody? Your decisions make you. and Let's just be honest. Some of us in this room today are not great decision makers. Uh, some of us lose our temper way too fast. Come on, how many be honest today and say that's me? Every now and then, I lose my temper. Some of us have had dating relationships that we regret that we regretted. I'm not gonna make. Don't raise your hand about that one. All right, <laughs> if that's you. Uh, some of you made a choice to move somewhere and you just regretted it. You thought it was the right move and. Like, man, it just wasn't it at all. Uh, Some of us have made purchases that we have regretted. Come on, how many of you, during the middle of COVID, you made a purchase that you were like, I should not have made that? Some of you have significant decisions coming up that you're trying to make right now. You're A college decision, a university decision, a, a dating decision, a job offer decision. Did you know that people that are growing up in today's generation are struggling more to make decisions than they used to in the past. In fact, I did a little research leading up to this message, and what I found is that one of the things that millennials are greatly struggling with is the ability to make decisions. Now, there's a couple of theories that exist around why this is the case. Uh, Some of them uh, theorize it's because there's more options than there used to be. You know, when you were young, some of you in the room... Whenever you graduated high school, you had two options: you, you went to college if you could afford it, and if not, you just got a job. And it was just as simple as that. And, and now today, it's this litany of choices: Do I go to college? Do I go to in person? Not in person. Do I do, do online college? Do I do I uh, do I go to uh, travel the world for a series of time? Do I? Some of my friends are just starting businesses right out of high school. Do I do I start a business? Do I try to do I try to make it on YouTube? You know, for a season. There's just so many options. Kendra and I were on a flight the other day, uh, and the flight had one of those touchscreens. And how many remember the old days of when you were watching a movie on a flight? It had a monitor up above you, and there was one movie, and that was your choice. Uh, and if you didn't like that movie, sorry, uh, that was the feature for the day. And the other day, we were on this flight. And there were just so many options, and I'm scrolling through, and I'm like, this looks good, but this, I don't know what to do. It took 20 minutes, and I just decided, no, forget it. I'm just not even going to watch anything at all. It's like Netflix. How many of you done that with your wife? You guys fought for 30 minutes about the movie you were going to watch on Netflix. So many options, you just didn't watch anything at all. It's crazy. You can travel to places today. Used to, you couldn't afford to travel to some of these places. But now you can travel, you have more food options that are available to you than ever before. So that's one of the theories. Another theory that exists about why uh, people are struggling to make decisions today is, is what's called the illusion of perfection. And this is an interesting theory. And the way that I'll explain it is this way. That when I grew up, I didn't grow up with social media like kids are growing up with it today. And so I just knew about my friends' imperfections. You know, I knew about their imperfect homes and their imperfect friendships and imperfect families. And if, and if you didn't know, you just didn't know, you know. But today, social media allows people to provide a snapshot of the illusion of perfection. And so because of that, other people's lives look perfect to us. Oh, she's working out. Again, look at her, you know, her perfect pose, you know, <laughs> on her Instagram. You don't know that she just fell over after she took that picture. <laughs> Others it's it's up. Oh, look, they have the perfect relationship. Look, it's their date day picture. They have the perfect, oh, they have the perfect meal. Look at them taking their pictures of their food, which we love to do today. And then in the church, have you noticed that it's not enough anymore to just ask what's God's will? It's I'm trying to figure out the perfect will of God. What is God's perfect will? Do we realize how insane that sounds, just to even say that? His perfect will. Well, I'm looking for the perfect. Everybody has the perfect person for them. To which, if everyone has the perfect person for them, then realize that all it takes is one person to screw that up, and get that wrong. You know, they marry the imperfect person, so everybody's now thrown off by one person as a result of that. And so, what we have today is generations of people that are growing up, and they're afraid to make imperfect decisions. And so, as a result, I don't want to make uh, imperfect decisions. So. I'll just make no decision. And so as we're fasting and as we're praying and as we're asking God about direction for our lives, I want to talk about growing our decision-making. How do we grow when it's difficult to figure out? You know, college and jobs and kids and buying versus renting and investing in cars and moving. How do I know what, God, how do I know what you want me to do? regarding my family, regarding my friendships. And here's the good news for every person in this room. If you follow Jesus, he will show you exactly what to do. And there will be no doubt in your mind. And you will be 100% sure about every decision. And there will be no problems. And there will be no obstacles. And everything that I just said is a lie. But can I tell you something that's what most people think that God does for others? We think that other people just God spoke to them so clearly and the man it's been so easy for them and it's not easy for me. Why can they hear from God but I can't hear from God? I just don't see it. In fact, let me just comfort you today by showing you a scripture that was fascinating to me this week. It's Paul writing. Paul, if anybody is qualified to hear the voice of God, it's Paul. Paul knows God's perfect will. He wrote 17 books in the New Testament. God's going to totally give him insight all the time. He started churches. Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. He says, Perhaps I will stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help. Me on my journey wherever I go, for I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. So I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. I'm reading this and I'm just quickly realizing Paul has no idea what's gonna happen. (laughs) This would make all the planners in the room break out in hives, he didn't know the details. Yet he served God very effectively. And for somebody in this room, I want you to take comfort in that. That that God doesn't always show us the future plans, but he will direct our steps. And so often in our lives, we're praying, God, show me what to do. Come on, how many people have ever prayed this before? God, please show me what to do. And if we could find it in the scripture, what to do about your job perfectly, man, it'd just be perfect, wouldn't it? But God doesn't do that. We pray, God, show me what to do. And God doesn't answer us that way. In fact, what God says to us is, I'm going to give you the wisdom to decide. I'm going to give you the wisdom to decide. I'm going I'm to show you my wisdom. God doesn't always show us specifically what to do. But he will give us the wisdom to decide. And, and that's what I'm going to help you do over the next few minutes today. I'm going to talk about wisdom, talk about how to decide, how to discern. Wisdom, of course, is is really one of the greatest traits that we can pursue. That's what Solomon did in the Old Testament. He chased after wisdom. Just a quick review for some of you who may not know the story, but when Solomon became king uh, in the Old Testament, he was to make a sacrifice. He was to to sacrifice a bull as a burnt offering before God. Well, well, uh, Solomon wanted to give God an extravagant gift. So the Bible tells us that he, in an extravagant act of worship, sacrificed a thousand uh, burnt offerings before the Lord. And so in a dream, God says to him, I'll give you whatever you want. Don't think for a second that generosity doesn't move the heart of God, because it does. And so he says, what do you want, Solomon? And Solomon didn't say, I want more riches. He didn't say, I want more wishes, like we say with the genie. He didn't say, destroy my enemies. He said, God, I need your help for me to be a good king. I need you to give me wisdom. And God says that because you didn't ask for all the other things, I'll give you wisdom and I'll give you all the other things as well. I love this verse in Proverbs. It says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Because everyone says at one point or another, I wish I knew now, yeah, or wait, did I butcher that? I wish I knew then what I know now, yeah, there we go, I got it that time, a little wisdom needed today. Wisdom, wisdom's more valuable than gold. Because God won't always tell you what to do, but he'll give you the wisdom to decide. So let me just give you three simple thoughts. You say, Kendra, Dusty, how do you guys make decisions in your life? I, I want to give you kind of our, our sense of how we make decisions. And, and the first one is just simply this. Uh, if I give you three thoughts on divine direction in your life, the first one is you got to walk with godly people. you got to walk with godly people. Let me show you this verse in Proverbs thirteen twenty. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get with trouble. I, I was I was talking with a guy not too long ago in our church, and he was telling me a story, and he was talk, talking to me about how he started coming to church, and I celebrated that with him. That's great, man. And he said I decided to follow Jesus, and I said that's awesome. He said, but I, I I'm really in this place where I'm struggling to be faithful to God during the week. I, you know, I'm addicted right now. I have some addiction stuff, and I can't seem to shake some of the addiction stuff. I'm having a really hard time. And so we started talking, and it became really obvious to me. I said, I asked him this question. I said, out of all of your closest friends in your life right now, how many of them uh, follow God and aren't addicted? (laughs) He was like, man, they're all on drugs. (laughs) And they're wild, too. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. And I want to say this today. It is almost impossible To live the right kind of life when you have the wrong kind of friends. Just let that sink in for just a second. It is almost impossible. Your mama was right when she told you that all those years ago. Listen to her. Walk with the wise and become wise. But I love the imagery that the Bible uses here. Notice it doesn't say, hey, if you need wisdom... Just go to a wise person and ask them for their advice. What does it say? Come on, everybody, say the word real loud with me. It says walk. It says walk with them. Plug into them. Do life with them. It's one of the reasons that around this time of the year, I'm going to start talking to you about groups and the importance of getting in a group. Why? Because you need some wise people in your life. We all need other believers in our lives with the same goal as we have. Because I'm just going to tell you, one hour on a Sunday is not going to cut it for you, friends. If you're in the middle of a work environment right now with worldly people and sin surrounding you, you need to be able to walk with some people who are going the same direction as you are. Parents, your kids, can I say this to you in strong language today? Your kids need to walk with other like-minded kids. They need the leaders in the student ministry. And they need it weekly. They need it multiple times a week. Don't believe for a second, oh, they'll just start getting wise. If just twice a month I just get them around somebody. Any success in a person's life is because they've been walking with the wise For a period of time. So you have to look for people who are going where you want to go. And then you got to start walking with them. I I remember, and I've talked about this many times over the years, but Kendra and I got to a point where we had a really awful marriage. And I started walking with a man named Fred Kendall. Now up until that time, I, I had gone to a counselor and we had sought out classes and Just somebody, please God, help us, you know, as we were going through this marriage. But Fred, Fred was different. Fred was the first man that I ever met that didn't just want to counsel me. He wanted to walk with me. And, and, And he was one of the godliest men that I knew. And every time that I would just hang with him, I would just learn so much. And he would talk to me about life. And we would talk about money. And we would talk about the Bible. And we would talk about relationships. And as I started to walk with him, I started to just do the things he asked me to do. Consider doing this. And everything he told me to do, everything he told me to do, I did it. And he told me to do some really weird things. (laughs) I remember this this one time that he told me. He said, Dusty, I want you to, to buy Kendra some pearls. And then I want you to write a letter about how she is the pearl of great price. In your life. And I want you to use the scripture. Uh, that's found in the New Testament. In the Gospels. To tell her the story. Or tell her the story. And I, I told him. I said Fred. I don't think Kendra likes pearls. And he's like. You've missed the point. You know. I want you to get the pearls. And so I'm like. Okay. I don't even know anything about pearls. You know. I'm like 23, 24. I go out. And I remember. I wrote. I still have the letter to this day saved. You know. This long letter. That I typed out to Kendra. About how. You were the pearl of great price, and I remember I thought to myself, she's not gonna like this. And I brought it home to her, and I'm gonna tell you, she didn't really like it. And she unwrapped the pearls, and she was like, "Wow, thank you." You know, it's, it's like we're on the Titanic right now. You know, <laughs> she read the letter, and she was like, "I remember." She, she went, "Wow." <laughs> Which time there's a wow followed by a long silence. And she said, why did you do this? I was like, Fred told me to. You know what I mean? But can I just tell you today, we are not the result of just us just figuring things out on ourselves. We are the result of wise people pouring into us. And if you want to make better decisions, listen to me. Hang around better people. Some of you need to hear this today. Your friends are. Are awful for you. It's the blind leading the blind right now. I remember when I was in college, I went to community college for a while, and I, I would listen, sit and listen to the kids talk about, you know, well, I'm thinking about doing this. Well, can I just tell you something that I learned? And I would sit there, and I would just put my head down on my desk, and I would think, these people are all idiots right now, <laughs> just giving each other the worst advice ever, This is so important. This is so scriptural. Some of you are getting relationship advice from somebody who has never been good at keeping a relationship. You're like going to them, you know, what do you think? They're like, well, let me tell you how smart I am. You want direction? Hang out with God's people. Stick to them like glue. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have friends who aren't Christians. It doesn't mean that you don't minister to people who are far from God. But it's like we tell our kids, you're going to have lots of friends in your life, but your closest friends are going to be your godly friends. So that's the first thing we do. But then the second thing we do is this. We just ask God for wisdom. Now this sounds so simple. It's amazing to me how many people don't do it. You want wisdom, you got to ask for it. Every time you ask God for wisdom. He hears your prayers and he gives it to you. Don't believe me? Look at James 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, <laughs> you should ask God. It's like, well, have you asked God? Well, well no, I asked the internet. <laughs> ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. Before I was a lead pastor, I was a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor for 12 years. And some of you in this room, you, you, you'll know this today. You've got kids. But, and this is crazy what I'm about to say. But I believe that I know more than my daughter, Jaden, who's 10. It's crazy. The reason it's crazy, because here's what I know. In two years, Jaden's going to turn 12. And when she turns 12... She will, it's like a recipe. She will start to believe that she knows more than me. Isn't this funny that when you're young, when your kids are young, you're like their hero. You know, you you know everything. They ask you a million questions. But then they get older and all of a sudden you get stupider. And now you don't know anything. Amen, parents? You're an idiot. But I have good news for you. What's going to happen is they're going to get older. And suddenly you're going to get smart again. And then one day they turn into you and they have no idea how it happened. <laughs> this is the circle of life. <laughs> parents, listen to me. I, I learned something in youth ministry. It's something that's called low-maintenance parenting. Okay, And, and here's what low-maintenance parenting means. It means that some parents have a difficult time when their kids transition. So right now when they're young, when they're you know junior high kids high school kids they're under your roof they're learning you have a lot of wisdom that you need to sow into their life but then there's going to be a day where they're going to graduate and they're going to go into this next season of their life and now your job is no longer to give your opinion anymore in fact i would just say to you don't offer your opinion unless they ask what do you think And then you give your opinion. Well, what do I do? I have so many opinions on the things that they're doing and the decisions that they're making. Here's what you do. Come on, I believe in you. Come on, you're going to do amazing. Come on, I believe in the God in you. I believe that God's going to speak to you and give you the answers. You're the best. You're amazing. You're going to do great. Isn't it the interesting about God that God only shares his wisdom with you when you ask for it? But here's the kicker. You actually have to spend time with Him in order for Him to speak to you and tell you. Well, well, Dusty, He doesn't speak to me. (laughs) Have you been spending time with Him? You can get wisdom every day from God. You can get it from His Word. You can get it from a small group. You can get it from His voice that's guiding you. The Bible says that He is a good shepherd who guides His sheep. He's guiding you. It's your job to follow as he guides. He'll lead you where he wants you to go. But you have to spend time with him. Oh God, please align my heart. Oh God, speak to me. Oh God, show me. Oh God, guide me in the way everlasting. Help me to see. Change my mind. Several years ago, we, uh, we go to this summer camp every year with our kids. Uh, our now camp camp. Uh, kids, all of our kids, teenagers in our church, and we take our, our daughters with us, and they've grown up going to this camp with teenagers, and we love it, we love spending time with teenagers still, and uh, so one, I remember one particular night, we were in the lodge, which is where all the pastors hang out, and Pastor Kevin Aaron, who's spoken here many times, is like a spiritual father to to Kendra and I, and Jaden is learning how, at this time, to ride a bike, and we call him Paw Paul. that's what our kids call, uh, Pastor Kevin, they call him Paw Paul. And and he said, Can I, Jaden? One of the things I I love to do is teach kids how to ride bikes. Can I go out with you? And Jaden was really nervous. And he said, Let's go out tomorrow and I'll teach you uh, out back and we'll we'll do the, ride the bike together. And she said, Okay, Paw Paw. So the next day we went out, it was like 115 degrees. I'll never forget this day. <laughs> and I remember I saw Paw Paw out there with Jaden. And Jaden's on her little bike and she's nervous. And he's saying to her, He's saying, All right, he said, I'm I'm going to kind of hold you and balance you, and I'm not going to let you fall. What if I fall over and I skim my knee? It's okay. I'm not going to let you fall. And so what did he do? Every dad, every mom in the room knows this. He started running beside Jaden. And so she's on her bike, and he's, you know, parents, you've got that awkward kind of walk that you're doing. And the whole time, she's, she's balancing on this bike, and she's kind of wobbling, and he's, he's got her. And he's like, you're doing great. You got this. Come on. You're going to do awesome. And then there was this moment where Jaden started to get it. And I have this on video where he'd go, you got it, you got it, that's all you, that's all you, you got it right now, you got it, you got it, and she's going and he's right beside her, you got it. I'm doing this to the camera guys right now. I'm with you. And then right right about that moment. Jaden starts to, and I remember, she started to fall, and he grabs her, and he swings her off the bike, and he sets her down. You did it. You were doing so great. You were riding the bike. And that's what God does for you. If you can just get that image in your mind that the decisions that you're making in the life that you're living, you're not making it alone. Your Heavenly Father's riding right next to you. He's guiding you. I'm so scared. What if I fall? What if what if what if? No, no. I'm going to guide you. I'm going to advise you. You're doing so good. You're doing better than you think. I'm with you. I'm watching over you. I'm not going to let you fall. <sighs> He's with you. He's guiding you. Remember, if you're if you want wisdom in your life, or if you want to know how to make decisions, you got to walk with the wise. You're going to grow wise. Ask, and then he'll give you this Understanding, He'll give you wisdom. So you decide what to do, though, is the next one. It says decide what to do. So three thoughts. The first one. What's the first one, everybody? The first one. You're going to walk with godly people. What's the second one? You're going to ask. And then this third one is you're going to decide. Now, does anybody here, I'm going to ask some of you, you're going to show your age a little bit. That's okay. Anybody here? Remember the old school original Karate Kid movie. Is there anyone in the room that was blessed by this movie growing up? (laughs) Came out in 1984. I remember I wore that movie out as a kid. Now, the new ones are good. You know, there's like four or five now, uh, and we've remade it. But the original one has some great lines. I will not attempt to try to do a Mr. Miyagi accent here today. But there's this one part in the movie. Some of you remember this. He goes, daniel son, <laughs> daniel son, must talk. Walk on road. Walk on right, sa- right side, safe. Walk on left side, safe. Walk middle. Sooner or later, get squished like grape. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. That's really good advice. Yeah. Okay, can I just say this to you today? Somebody in this room needs to hear this. No decision in your life. Keep walking on the left. Keep walking on the right. Eventually you kind of just stay in the middle just so I'm not just going to make a decision. You're going to get squished like a grape doing that. Because some of us are so afraid of imperfection. We're so afraid of making the wrong decision that you just make no decision. But oftentimes when you make no decision, it's oftentimes worse than making an imperfect decision. Some of us are so scared. How do I know? Dusty, how do I know that this is God? I can't figure this out if God's speaking to me. What if it's not God? What if it's the devil? What if he's waiting and he's going to open the elevator shaft and I'm going to fall down? Listen, can I just tell you that sometimes you just have to decide. See, here's what's amazing about God is he's given you freedom. He could have not given that to you. But he wanted you to have the choice to worship him, the choice to love him. So he's given you the freedom to choose. And so, listen to me. If there's no moral imperative to the decision that you're making, then it's your choice. If there is a moral imp- imperative in the Bible, then do what the Bible says. But if not, man, you pray, you, you fast, you, you seek God's voice, you you, you talk to, to the wise people in your life, and ultimately, you ask God for wisdom, then you just make the decision. It's, it's probably not going to be like the heavens opening up and God's voice, you know, speaking down to you all of a sudden saying, my dearest soneth, I speaketh toeth, theeeth, todayeth. You shall doeth my wayeth. Don't you know God only speaks Old English, you know? But Paul did this. Paul was trying in the middle of trying to figure out. Look at this in Scripture, First Thessalonians three. So when we could stand it no longer, look at this. Come on, everybody, say the highlighted part with me today. We thought it best. We thought it best. We thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. But we had a decision to make. God didn't say anything. And so we thought it best. Listen, can I just be really frank and honest with you and transparent as a pastor today? Sometimes I'm up here and I say things because I really felt like God spoke to me and gave me direction and I feel like I'm doing what he's asked me to do. But there's other times I'm just up here doing my best. There's up here, I'm up here like saying, Lord, I haven't heard anything, so using the wisdom that you've given me I'm just going to do my best. Well, what if I make a mistake? Well, guess what happens when you make a mistake? You get wisdom. <laughs> you get wisdom. You, you also might get an extra bill in the mail. You might get an extra semester at school. And some of you might get an extra kid. Okay? <laughs> but you get Wisdom. That's an expensive price for wisdom. I asked you early on this question today. Would you move to another town for money? I want to say this to you. Be very careful with that. Be very careful. From the time I was 16 years old, I, I always knew uh, that I wanted to be a preacher. Uh, I preached my first message when I was 16. It was called Ants for Christ. Uh, and I just always wanted to be a pastor. When I turned 22, uh, I was on staff from the time I was 19 till I was 22, working part-time. Then I got married, and the church gave me my first full-time salary. Uh, but, you know, we were pretty cash-strapped and, you know, couldn't do much. And so the church paid me $36,000 a year, which I thought I was rich, you know, when uh, I, I got that first salary out of, out of high school. And around that time, we were trying to move, you know, as a church. We were really cash-strapped and so for the next five years my salary didn't change and so you know 22 and now I'm 27, 28 years old and um, we're trying to make decisions for our future and we're trying to move into a house and, and it's not changing and I know it's not gonna change and so uh, somewhere around that time I think I was around 24, 25 years old I got a second job and uh, I started waiting tables uh, in fact I would leave every Thursday After work, uh, I would go straight to the restaurant I was working at. I would wait tables. Uh, I was off on Friday, so I'd do it Thursday, Friday, all day Saturday. And then sometimes I would preach on Sunday uh, when I was filling in for Dad. And then I would go straight to the restaurant. I would work Sunday nights. And uh, this continued on for for a while. And around 2007, uh, I started getting some calls. And Kendra will remember this. in fact, in 2007, I had a, a very large church call, and they had several campuses, probably about 8,000 people uh, a weekend, a youth ministry of between 800 and 1,000 kids every weekend. And I remember on the phone, the pastor told me, he, he said, he knew me, he said, uh, you can be our Dirk Nowitzki of our team, <laughs> And because I love Dirk. And then he said, and I want to tell you what you'll be making. And he offered me, and it was three times what I was making at that time. And I was totally blown away. I was flattered. I was telling Kendra, we could be rich. Um, (laughs) You know, all these things. So I, I didn't know what to do. I was facing this decision, and I didn't know what to do. So first thing I did is I asked a few of my friends, you know, who are my age, Every single one of them told me to take it. You'd be crazy not to go. That's so much more money than you're making right now, you know. Like, think of the relationships. Think of the doors that are going to open, you know. Everybody's got to leave home at some point. You'd be crazy not to go. Think, think of all that. Think, think of what God's going to do. Think of what's going to open. But then I called one of my spiritual mentors. And I said, I, I just, you know, I, what would you do if this was you? He, he told me, said, I can't tell you what I would do because I'm not you. And he just kind of talked me and coached me through it. And Kendra and I started to pray. And, you know, I kind of felt like it would be great either way is what I felt the Lord kind of say to me. Like, whatever you want to do. I was just really struggling through this. But finally, after a few weeks of praying and thinking about it, I called the pastor back and I said, make it five times and I'm yours. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I called him and I said, I just feel like I'm supposed to stay. And I told Kendra, I said, I feel crazy for, for doing this, but I feel like I'm supposed to stay. And this was what was really challenging about it, is that none of my immediate circumstances changed. You understand what I'm saying? So I said no, and on Thursday afternoon, I left and went straight back to the restaurant that I was working this job. And as I'm sitting there waiting tables that day, I'm thinking to myself, this is nuts. But I don't know. I just feel like this is the decision that I'm supposed to make. I never heard God say yes. I never heard God say no. It was never like that. The only person that kept saying no was my dad. Uh, (Laughter) And even he was saying, Dusty, I trust you. I trust the Holy Spirit in you. What's crazy is, is I think I was, that was in 2007. So I was about 26 years old. I worked a part-time job on the side from about the time I was 22 until I was 35. Most people don't know that. And I look back and now I'm standing here today and I think, here we are. But I look back over the course of my life over these last 15 years, and here's what I see. We made a decision, and it was really clear. But then we made another decision. And that decision wasn't as clear. But we prayed, and we asked God for wisdom, and so we made that decision. And then a few weeks later, a few months later, we made the next decision. And that one was so clear. And then another one, oh, that one was so... But then the next one was, oh, it was a lot harder, and I'm just not really sure because God didn't speak. And I'll never forget this. In December of 2018, one of our overseers came. We were kind of talking through transition, and I walked into a room. And he said, Dusty, you've been working a side job. And he said, you're at the point of your life where, as an as a overseer team, we don't want you to ever do that again as long as you live. We want you focused on God's people, and this to be your singular focus. So we're giving you a raise to where you should never have to get a second job again. And I just, I was totally, and I thought back over all those decisions that had led me to this decision. Don't miss the point, everybody. The decisions that we make today determine the stories that we'll tell tomorrow. Sometimes over the last 15 years, We felt like our bike was starting to crash. But every time he guided us, every time we felt like we were faltering, he would pick us back up and sort of steady us. He would watch over us. And we couldn't foresee what was going to happen. All we could do was be faithful to the next step. So I want to say this to you today. Don't freak out in the middle of this. Get to know Jesus. Learn his voice. Walk with the wise. Surround yourself with wise people. Ask your generous God for wisdom. He generally gives it to all. And then make a decision. What if I mess it up? What God guides you. How, how do you get to God's perfect will? You just serve him in the moment. God help me to be who you're calling me to do. I, I, I'll do what I can. I can do, I'll try to do what you call me to do. Help me to do it the right way. Help me to be led by your spirit and the way that you'll lead me in the right ways. And I believe that he'll do it. I did this in the first service and I want to end this. We're going to end very differently than we almost always do. But I want you to stand with me today all over the room. And I just felt especially led to pray for you who are in the valley of indecision right now. Here's what I mean by that. You're facing a decision in your life, and you've been asking God, God, what do I do? How do I know the right decision to make? I I just, in fact, I want to pray for you. I want to go through the process together of us asking God for wisdom today. And so if that's you today, without hesitation here in just a moment, I want you just to come. This is part of our church. We come to the altar of God. We believe that this is just like a meeting place. It's just a place of us taking a step. But you feel like you're in a valley of indecision and you need God to speak to you. or You're trying to understand, God, what are you speaking right now? If that's you, I just want you without hesitation, come right now. Come, come stand here with me today. So many people in the first service. We're here standing with me like I'm just facing a decision, I need to hear from God it's hard, I'm not sure what to do And as you're coming today those who are left you guys are going to be our prayer partners today okay, you're going to be our intercessors do you feel okay doing that today? here in a moment I'm going to ask you to stretch your hands towards them because you know what it feels like to be in that kind of a place you're maybe not in it today but let me tell you you will be in it again over the course of your life and I'm just going to pray for each one of you today. Now, here's what I want you to do, if this is you. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer, but I want you just to put your hands like this. this I, it's like your spirit, you're just being open to God right now, okay? Being open to God. And this first part, I'm going to guide you through the prayer. So I just want you to repeat after me. The second part, I want you to pray on your own, okay? So here's the first part. We're going to do it together all over the room. Say, God. I want you to know that I trust you today. You've been with me through so many hills and valleys. I've seen your faithfulness over my life. Time and time again. I look back and I see why I can trust you. But now, Lord, I need your answers. And I need you to help me. And I need you to help guide me. And so today... I'm asking for wisdom. Your word says that if any man asks for wisdom that you give it generously. And so we're asking for wisdom right now. For our future. For everything you have for my life. I thank you that you love me. And that you have a plan for me. So please direct me and guide my path and I trust you with it. Today, I ask you for your wisdom, in the name of Jesus. Now, this is the time I just want you to pray specifically about whatever it is, and I want you to speak it out to him and just give it to him right now, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, I I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. People in this room today facing job situations, facing college decisions, facing futures, facing relationship decisions, Lord, maybe unsure about what your perfect will looks like. Lord, today, we just ask that you would put the right people in their lives. God, I pray for divine relationships. I pray for just the right people at the right moment. Just like you sent Fred and Anna Kendall into our lives, God. We pray that over them right now, that you would send some people into their paths. That would be like a divine interruption, a divine answer to prayer that you've been praying. And then, Lord, we're just asking for wisdom because your word asks us to. And then, Lord, I'm asking right now that you would give them courage and boldness. I want to speak over somebody in this room today that feels the pressure of making a decision. And you feel like you're going to get it wrong and it's going to make you a failure if you do it wrong. I want you to know to just trust the Lord. He's going to direct your path no matter what you do and how you do it. If you're in His perfect will as a child of God, He's going to make it straight. He's the one that makes the path straight. So we give it to you today. Give them the strength and the courage to make these decisions. And let them never question it. Now, even if they get it wrong, Lord, you're giving them lessons. You're teaching them along the way. You're giving them perfect strategy. And what I'm praying over your life right now is that you would have peace today. That you would walk out of this room and you wouldn't feel pressure, but you would feel peace. Remember, that pressure doesn't come from the Lord. That pressure, the the Satan, he's a rebuker and a devourer. His plan is to try to interrupt and to get you feeling guilty and to make you feel like you can't do things right. He's there to just condemn you. But today, we're thanking God for his perfect peace regarding our decisions. That we're not going to worry. That we're not going to sit in them and just like freak out. But we're going to trust the one who holds our future and holds our world in his hands. God, we thank you. Now, with your hands, I want you to close them like this, real tight, like a ball. And now, with your eyes closed and just looking toward heaven, I just want you to now open them, okay? Just feel yourself open them. That's you letting go. That's you letting go of the worry. It's you letting go of the anxiety. It's you letting go, saying, God, I'm letting go. I'm not gonna let this situation cause me to have a disruption of my peace anymore. I speak that over you today. In Jesus' name, And we thank you for it today. Come on, everybody in this room, say amen and amen. And let's clap our hands and thank God for that all over this room. So this week in your prayer guides, five days starting with today are about this very topic. Okay? So I want to tell you two things that I've learned along the way. And I'm not the smartest person on all this stuff. But two things I've learned. The first is this. I was actually facing about a year and a half ago a really difficult decision and I didn't know what to do. And so I went to a mentor in my life and I said, I'm facing this decision. I was hoping that he would just tell me what to do. But how many people know good mentors just usually don't do that, okay? And so he said to me, he said, Dusty, here's one of the things that I've learned. Anytime I'm asking about a decision, I wait to make the decision until God gives me peace. Now, on the surface, that seems crazy because all of us would probably say, there's not any situations or any decisions that I've made where I was just like certain, okay? Remember, there's a difference between certainty and peace, okay? Peace is not knowing the decision that you've made is the right one. Peace is just simply a spirit. It comes upon you over a decision that you're making. So this decision that I was making, he said, I want you to go home, and I want you to pray for peace about it, okay? And so I did. I had a leaning that I was facing, and I said, Lord, if this is the decision that you have for me, I just need your peace to come over me right now. In fact, I would never make a decision unless you have peace about it. I would continue to pray. My team would tell you I'm a slow decision maker, and I am, I make decisions very slowly, and I pray until I get peace. Now, that doesn't mean I'm sure about the decision, hear the difference, doesn't mean that I'm like, I know today declareth the Lord, all right? I usually never know that, but I do have peace about the decision that I've made. And here's the other thing that I've learned. Most of the time, when I'm trying to figure out a decision, I try to fast for three days okay and what I've learned is typically on the third day I get clarity okay so you say well when am I gonna fast well we're in 21 days right now okay so the next five days are all about direction so take three days in this time fast something specific Ask God for his peace on the decision and see what happens. And I just think that's a great recipe, something that's helped me in my decision-making, and I believe it'll be something that'll help you in your decision-making. Amen, everybody? All right. That's for free. All right? Okay. We're going to dismiss you here in just a second. I'm so thankful for each one of you. I'm going to pray you out here in just a moment. Those of you who are down here, just stay here and I'll dismiss everybody. Like I said, it was going to be a little bit of a different dismissal today. There are different ways that you can give. I need to always mention that. But the other thing I want to mention is today is Baptism Sunday. In fact, Paul Canane, standing back, wave at everybody. Paul is over our baptism team. You'll see him out in the lobby today. If Today, you've never made a decision to be baptized. You're waiting for peace. Look, peace just came in the name of Jesus. Today is your day to get baptized. All right? And you can also schedule the baptism with Paul. All right? So if you want to, your family member, somebody wants to get baptized next month and you want a whole bunch of people to come, you can schedule it with him and we'll get it scheduled. You can do a spontaneous or a plan, whatever that looks like for your life. Our team's gonna play here in just a second and sing you out of here, but let me pray for you this week as we go into this second week of fasting and prayer. Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that your spirit would be with them this week. We thank you right now that your spirit's gonna go with us and guide us and protect us. Lord, I ask right now for your blessing to be with us all the days of our life. We thank you, and we leave here today knowing that you're with us in everything that we do. And we speak you today in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody say amen. 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 God bless you guys. Have a great week. You're dismissed. Come on, team, sing us out today.